You are listening to UBC Waco Podcast. <laughs> are you recording? Yeah. Oh, okay. We can use that as just a scratch track for now. All right. Um, so for those who don't know, my name's Katie, um, and I'm really excited to be here. Uh, I'm thankful for the opportunity to preach again. It is not lost on me that it's quite a privilege to be on this stage, sharing words that I've written, and of course, being hopeful that they'll mean something to someone here. As other women often have said prior to preaching, I am thankful that UBC is a place where women are affirmed in ministry and can preach and teach and are encouraged to do so. And while I am not queer, I am thankful for a place that not only welcomes but celebrates our LGBTQIA siblings. Before we get started, will you pray with me? Mother God, thank you for this place. Thank you for these people. And thank you for constantly revealing yourself to us in ways that do not have to make sense. Bless this time and bless these people. Amen. So today we are going to be focused on our gospel reading. Reading through the passage, I am reminded that the Pharisees are always doing the most when it comes to catching Jesus in a sticky situation. I think this time I even felt sadness for them because what a way to spend your life going after the integrity of a person because they are different, because they do things differently, and it's not the way we want them to be done. It's a little bit heartbreaking. I think this is perhaps why one of my two values is curiosity. I truly resent the fact that we constantly are told that curiosity killed the cat, because I think that curiosity saves me every single day. And it wasn't until I embraced curiosity that I felt like I was living fully. Imagine if even once the Pharisees and the Herodians stopped to ask Jesus, wait, say more. What if they paused to actually hear him and actually witnessed what he was doing and consider what grace and mercy might not only look like but offer them? Because we know that they know he's doing good work. They say, even if it's in order to plot against Jesus, teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. What a wild statement to hear from a group of people who are not Jesus' number one fans. The fact that these leaders approach Jesus and state, hey, it's pretty obvious you treat people kindly you're a nice guy, and you don't even seem to have favorites. I mean, you dine with tax collectors and sinners. And instead of asking more about that, they say, so in your honest opinion, should we like pay taxes? What a swing and a miss. They acknowledge how Jesus lives out his life sincerely, and then they want to know, do we really need to fill out our W-2 form? Now, points to Jesus for the comeback as he replies, why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? That would honestly shut me up. And he asks, show me the coin used for tax. And they brought him a denarius. And they said to him, whose head and whose title is on this? They answered the emperors. Then he said to them, give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperors and to God the things that are God's. And when they heard this, they were amazed and they left him and went away. 
Growing up, whenever this passage was taught, I remember it, it centered around, you see, you have to follow the law and be a good person. And then there was usually a guilt trip in there about getting people to tithe their 10% and give God the things that are God's. Those sermons often left me thinking, okay, makes sense, be a good Christian and whatnot. But this time around, something else struck me. Jesus asks for a coin and says, whose head is this and whose title? And they answered, the emperor's. Then he said to them, give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and to God the things that are God's. I started wondering, well, what are the things that are God's? I mentioned earlier that one of my two core values is curiosity. The other is kindness. I think I've shared this before, but I define kindness as acknowledging the humanity within others, acknowledging that we all have souls and treating one another accordingly. Now, I'm going to reference the Enneagram, but fret not if it's not your cup of tea. I'm not gonna do a deep dive, but instead hopefully talk about something we all have access to. One of the most profound things I heard about the Enneagram was from Suzanne Stabile, someone who is a prominent teacher and has written quite a bit about it. But she said, when it comes to your Enneagram number, your number is everything that you are not. Instead, it is what you have had to put on due to anger or fear or shame. But your number isn't who you actually are. Who you actually are is a son, a daughter, a child of God. It's our soul. And our work with the Enneagram is to work our way back to our essence, to our soul, who God actually made us to be. Throughout the Bible, we are told that we are made in God's image. And I believe that to be true. Regardless of our sexuality, our gender, our gender identity, our race, our ability or disability, our sex, the language we speak, our education, any of it. We remain in the image of God. So when Jesus asks for a coin and we see the emperor's face, we give the emperor the thing that are the emperors. But I wonder, when we see another human being, do we see the image of God? Do we treat others accordingly? Do we treat others with grace and kindness and empathy? Do we acknowledge other souls and their essence? Do we acknowledge the image of God in others? Because I imagine if we did, life would be much different from the constant violence and loss and heartache we see across the world today. By this point, we've all been flooded with words and images and endless heartbreak. And I don't have anything to add that hasn't been said, hasn't been cried, and hasn't been lamented at all that is happening in Gaza and Israel, especially as someone who is still continually learning about the history, the trauma, the years of loss and pain. All of it reminds me of some holy words written by Mari Andrew. She said, quote, I am washing my face before bed while a country is on fire. It feels ridiculous to wash my face and ridiculous not to. It has never been this way, 
and it has always been this way. Someone has always clinked a cocktail glass in one hemisphere as someone loses a home in another, while someone falls in love in the same apartment building where someone grieves. The fact that suffering and mundanity and beauty coincide is unbearable and unremarkable." End quote. I'm reminded once again that both things can be true. Grief and joy, sorrow and hope, exhaustion and relief. I don't think that makes things better, but it does give me a little bit of comfort. And while this isn't how things should be, I hope that we'll continue to learn to seek justice to seek the image of God in others. As we've sung before, praise be the Lord of all with their backs against the wall because God is now where God has always been, bunkered down with those in the ditch. UBC, may we be a people who look for the image of God in others. May we continue to find glimpses of hope in humanity. May we treat others with kindness, and choose curiosity when we don't understand. May we be sure to wash our faces and rest and grieve and not be afraid to fall in love or clink a glass, but know that both things can be true. May we hold space for both. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for raising fountains from the cracking dirt and for raising a feast for the hollow unheard. We take comfort in knowing that you are now where you have always been. Thank you for showing us glimpses of light where the cracks are. We pray for those suffering. We pray for those experiencing loss. We hold their grief and mourn as we know that each person lost was created in your image. Praise be the Lord of all who've nowhere to belong. The kingdom is drawing near. Amen. At this point in the service, we leave time uh, for silence to invite the Spirit to shape us as we receive what we've heard. Perhaps the Spirit will correct something I've said incorrectly. Perhaps the Spirit will administer something new. We'll take that time now. Let's listen together. <laughs>